that they're overmanaging because they have mistrust, that they are escalated because deep down there's a fear that you're not going to listen to me if I don't. And those are some of the more clear messages that we want to help pursuers have words to and be able to share with their partner when really on the outside looking in, it just looks angry, critical, and chaotic. Connecting Couples with the Real Emhoffs. Hi, welcome back to episode three of Staying Tuned In. We're the Real Emhoffs. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And this week, we're going to talk about the perspective or the point of view from each side. And so we're going to start with the pursuer. Next week, we're going to talk about the withdrawer. But it's this idea that we might think we're tuned in to our partner when really we're not tuned in at all and what it really looks like to be tuned in. And so let's- It sounds like you're being a little harsh. I don't mean that. What? I just was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm not, we are not criticizing a pursuer for criticizing. That's not what we're saying. We're just, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we, you would do it for good reason. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't, you're not failing. You're not bad. You're not, but we do want to get better. And so kind of thinking about it, I feel like I, I cut you off. I apologize it's for that. It's really but. nice being married to somebody who validates my protection. I just want you to know that if you can, as a partner, start to see the moves that your your spouse is making that are scary and, and sometimes don't feel good, if you can recognize they have good reason for that, you're already ahead of the game. Thank you, Chad. Aww, what a tuned in partner. I appreciate that. I'll catch it after the show. You will. That's right. <laughs> no, but, but I mean it though. We're not this, our goal isn't to say, Hey, you're a bad pursuer. It's to say, you know what? This, this, we do these things and yeah. this is kind of how it goes wrong on this side for this week. We're yeah. asking you in the first and second episodes that we've already had, right? The first episode, trying to send a clear message. The second episode, we talked about that interference. What prevents it from being a clear message? That protection that comes up that hijacks the, the relationship that hijacks either individual in the relationship and distorts the message so that your partner is like, I don't really know what's happening. I feel pretty confused. And then we don't have a a good conversation because of it. And so in this episode, we're specifically going to talk about the difference between what the pursuer thinks is going on and possibly what's really going on. And there is a gap there. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want you want me to start since I'm a pursuer? I feel like it would be safer. Okay. <laughs> you won't get it wrong if I start? I, I Well, at least it'll feel better for you. Right. So right off the get-go, pursuers feel like or believe that they have thought through every angle of every situation. They work really hard to make sure things run as smoothly as possible. I mean, we talked in our first series, the basics about kind of you might be a pursuer if efficiency is your number one goal. Not to say withdrawers aren't efficient, but that pursuers really spend a lot of energy making sure all the details are laid out. The logistic details, the even what their partner is doing details. And so it looks like on the outside that they're doing a lot of work and they're really engaged in the relationship. The reality is that that doesn't also equate to them being really engaged with their emotional experience, with what they're feeling, with what's happening for them on the inside, that they're controlling because it feels chaotic, that they're overmanaging because they have mistrust, that they are escalated because deep down there's a fear that you're not going to listen to me if I don't. And those are some of the more clear messages that we want to help pursuers have words to and be able to share with their partner when really on the outside looking in, it just looks angry, critical, and chaotic. 
Yeah. And How's that sound, Chad? That's great. I mean, you're doing a great job of describing what so many people have, have, have shown. You know, I've, I've gotten the chance to work with lots and lots of couples and, and see people change and, and do things differently. And it's always, uh, kind of sad to me in, in some ways because you'll have a couple come in and, and it kind of makes me feel bad for the pursuer because, They'll say, I've got all these emotions and I'm too much and I feel so much and I'm not, and they kind of have all the words and they set up the appointment and they, they did all this work. They, they read the books. Work. They, they, yeah. And, and they've done all this work and they come in and they're like, and then, and then they start to realize, wait a minute, I, I don't really know what's going on inside me. I, a lot of times I have a lot of words and maybe I emote, right? Like I can, I feel free to, to cry or get loud yeah. or get angry, but, but to really put words to my experience and under, be understood, which is the thing they're asking for is really hard. And it really does kind of make me sad for them in some ways, because yeah. this is the very thing that they've been needing and asking for, but yet it's still kind of locked up in that protective kind of mess that keeps them kind of alone in it. And, and, and they're saying, Hey, I need you. I need you. I need you. But, but to really say what their need is, yeah. you know, and to really look internally doesn't, doesn't always come forward. And, and so like, you'll, I'll be sitting with a pursuer and they'll be trying to describe like what it is that's happening to them in these anxious or frustrated places. And they'll just start to cry because they don't, they don't know, they don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And so and it I really does kind of move me when I think about emphasize it. Emphasize too. And I just love even the emotion that you're showing in your care for that because pursuers do try really hard. Pursuers do work overtime. They read the books, they go to the workshops there. It is not for a lack of effort. Yeah. They want to get it. But really it's that they're, they're kind of spending their energy on the wrong things and they don't even know it. Yeah. And that's the really sad part is that pursuers often get a bad rap that they're too much. Too much is a, is a kind of a description. I've heard of a lot of pursuers say that most of their life they've been told too much, too critical, too angry, too much emotion, too much volume, too, you're, you're, I can't meet your need because you expect too high That's of expectations. That's a lot. You're a lot. Yeah. yeah All yeah. those things, which is really unfair because it discredits how hard they're trying to actually com communicate a message. And it, it is sad. I appreciate that Chad is actually kind of really sharing his heart for the struggle that he sees a pursuer have, that they're trying so hard and yet it's still fail failing and it's devastating and it's hard. Why can this not work? If I am working this hard, then it must be you. And yeah. that's a lot of times where a pursuer will land. And that is, is the very person that they want to come close. The very person that they need to respond to their deeper pain is the person they're blaming for why it's going wrong. And so that's something else I just want to kind of emphasize. Another perception that pursuers feel is that they think they know exactly what their partner is feeling. They almost even think they know the motivation of their partner's behavior. And it's really a trap because it keeps me from knowing what my emotion is and what my motivation is. And also the more I think I know about you when reality is the less I know about myself, the more I feel like you must not ever really know me. How could yeah. you possibly know me? You're not trying as hard as me. And so now we have a misconception of what the withdrawer feels and believes because a pursuer is making assumptions and we completely miss what a pursuer actually feels because they're disengaged. They're not tuned into their own experience. They're trying to tune into their partner's experience. It, it's sad. Yeah. And I, so a lot of times I like to think of that like uh, in, in a way of like this, this kind of like longing and protection 
idea. And I think we can do this for pursuers and withdrawers and we probably will, but it's like you have this longing to be seen, to be known, to be understood, to be loved in, in, in your hard places. And then as a pursuer, what you do, your protective move is to go kind of ask for it, not not in a sweet and tender way, but to yeah. kind of be like, hey, you should do this, or yeah. you should meet this, or you should be this, which then leaves you, right, without being vulnerable, it, it leaves you not getting the need met because the way it comes across doesn't land so well, whether, whether and, and not to say that pursuers haven't tried this in a kind way before also. Yeah. We're not saying you always do it, or pursuers always do it in this other way. But, but just saying, man, it leaves you in a really stuck place because the very thing, the very fear, the very insecurity that you're really needing met, the way that you attempt, the way that we protect ourselves, the way that we try to go get that need met causes other people to, to see us as, as the problem. And, and so eventually pursuers normally will go, I see that I do that. So I'm going to try to slow it down. I'm going to try not to, to need so much. Not I'm going to try not to say so mind. much. Yeah. And so then they slow down for, some amount of time. I won't give anybody a hard time about any of that, but yeah. they slow down for a while and then it finally comes out and it's like an eruption of but need. Also during the time they're slowed down, they also feel compromised yeah. because I'm, I'm just holding back what I really want to say. And that also is not getting the message clear. Holding well, and- back the message doesn't help either. So oversharing or, or c- distorted message sending is a mess. Holding back the message, also a mess. Neither yeah. one sends a clear message so the partner has a clue. Right. And and, and even if, if you're like a, a very, um, you know, a, a, aware or in tune pursuer, uh, you might say, well, I don't want to shame or I don't want my withdrawer to feel like a failure. So I won't say anything. Yeah. I love that earlier right? you said a lot of times embedded in the message, the, the pursuer will say, you should do something. Yeah. I even say sometimes I'll see a pursuer not tell the withdrawer, you should do this or you should do that. But even take it a step further, like what's wrong with you? Why don't you know that you should, which is such a shame message that sends Ugh. the, it says there must be something wrong with you that you can't see the same thing I see. There must be something wrong with you that you can't look at the mess and know the mess needs to be cleaned up. That I have to tell you that you should not only clean up the mess, but you should have known the mess. Like just, uh, and you should be excited too, and you should have the energy (laughs) for it, and you should put the mess away, the place that I thought you should put it away, even though nobody ever told you to put it. I mean, it goes on and on. And and listen, listen, seriously, no, you listen for a second. I'm going to be the pursuer, but (sighs) but that's crazy making for a pursuer because everything they see. Every single thing they see can be received as a slight. Yeah. And it's like, and, and maybe I have said one time to put it here or one time to put it there or one time, but, it, but if, if my pursuing wife is in a bad place, almost anything can be perceived as a slight. Almost anything can be seen yeah. as, as painful, can be hurtful. That so, message is the, the message yeah. that ends up getting sent that is clear for the withdrawer is that you are getting it wrong and there's absolutely no way you could possibly get it right which is such a, uh, it's the opposite message that the relationship needs that doesn't build connecting couples that, that builds disconnected couples. And it just leaves both parties. It's not just hard for the pursuer. It's equally hard for the withdrawer when that thing goes sideways because the withdrawer is desperate to, to get get it right right for the pursuer. And it just seems hard. Well, but I'm staying, I I don't withdrawers. You just have to put up with it this week. But we'll get to you next week. Yeah. Or, or maybe the, yeah, next week. But I'm like, still, I want to stay on the plight of the pursuer because really they do think they're doing a great job. They're, they're, they're doing yeah. everything they know how to, to get their need met. 
They're asking for, hey, do this thing. They're saying, hey, this feels bad when you leave your shoes out. You yeah. need to make sure you put your shoes. This feels bad when you, whatever the thing is. And they really do believe, hey, I'm asking for what I need. And if you would yeah. just do these things, then I would, I would somehow feel okay. But man, it's never going to work. And sometimes it goes even further than if you would just do these things. It's more than just an action step for the if pursuer. You would be this thing, you speak it's, to the it's, identity. You actually yeah, yeah. speak yeah. into the identity of the withdrawer. You actually almost accuse their character. You say, if you would be a better person, if you would be a better spouse, a better husband, a better, he's this fly. Oh, We're going to, we should just name I him. touched it. Fred, the fly is his in our studio and is flying around driving us crazy um, and also giving me permission to have flailing arms. <laughs> if you would just – back to the jar. If you would just be different, then I wouldn't get so angry. If you would just do what you're supposed to do, then I wouldn't have to feel this way. Feel this way. And, and it, it's sad because there, there is a slight amount of truth. The reality is – if I could just send you a clear message, you could understand the message and actually meet the need. That's that's how beautiful it is. Which here we are going, man, that sounds like such a simple solution. It's really <laughs> not. It's hard. We want to say you know again, this uh, is hard. Yeah. I want to say another thing that I man, I'm I'm having so much empathy for these pursuers. Oh, I need to I change it. it. I love it. No, uh, don't please continue to have empathy for me. But, I'm a chaotic mess. But I'm over here going, man, and and when they finally do so, so it's like we all do this work to protect ourselves. Then we get in this really, really, really nasty yeah. fight. And then the fight kind of takes over. Ugh. And then we finally kind of beat the heck out of each other with our words. And then when you finally do say, oh, you just – it's like at the end of this fight after everybody's in a bad place. And then we kind of like have no more defenses left. And then the, the vulnerability kind of spills out in some way. Yeah. And then we say, I've told him before that I, I feel – like a, a girl who just gets put on the shelf and not heard, not understood or put behind glass. Like you can – all these crazy metaphors yeah. I've heard before. But I'm like – I'm like, it finally does spill out. But then it's at a time when we can't get the need met. No. We're right? exhausted yeah. by that time and we just finally kind of pour out how we feel. And it's usually we're worn out, exhausted, overwhelmed. Yeah, and, It's and, a day or two, sometimes yeah. a week before we recover. We remind ourselves we like each other and now we're trying to put the pieces back together again. Gosh, I wish we could prevent couples from getting to that horrible place. I hope that part of what we're doing here is trying to – um, not only validate what you might feel if you're a pursuer, also coming next week, what you might feel if you're a withdrawer. We want to give both sides of the cycle, both partners in this and the relationship, more words to describe what it feels like. You might, as we're describing this, go, oh my gosh, that is what it feels like. And so I want to give you hope to say there is a better way. There is a way that if you can kind of slow it down, start to have an awareness around this, start to have some different connecting conversations, then it does look different. It's a quicker repair after it goes yep. bad. Um, you're, you're able to not go to such deep despair places. You can kind of slow the, the slippery slope into despair down. Yeah. You're able to send messages that maybe aren't crystal clear, but at least they're not as shaming. At least they're not as accusatory of your partner's character or integrity. You can start to slowly, this is, it's a transition as this starts to download in your relationship and it slowly yeah. gets better and better. Um, 
the problem, and, and we're going to kind of get into then what does it look like kind of for a, for a pursuer to, to be tuned in. That's coming in uh, a couple more episodes from now. But the problem that prevents a pursuer from actually tuned in is the perception that they think they are. Because they're tuned into logistics, they're paying attention to all the details, they're balancing the budget, they're reading the book, they're getting the kids to school, they're, they're, um, calling the therapist to set up the therapy appointment. We've, they're yeah, exhausting well, I, conversations around the relationship because they're doing all these things and, and, and they might, I mean, this is another thing. And we've talked about, like, we had a good conversation the other day about, uh, codependency and how it might function and blah, blah, blah. But, but I'm like, it can look a lot of different ways. It yeah. might be that you're very focused on what your withdrawer is. And that's feeling. another thing. Yeah. You can be tuned into your partner's behaviors and, and yeah. watch them like a hawk. What you I've believe they're feeling. Yeah, a yeah. lot yep. of, of pursuing partners, especially if there's been affairs, infidelity, mistrust, uh, trauma, you can almost be, become an investigator, which isn't healthy for a relationship either, no. where you're like tracking their every move. And, and therefore you think you're you're tuned in. You think you're engaged in the relationship when really you're completely missing the clearer message and the longing that you have to be met in a deeper emotion and to, to allow your partner to meet you in that space is vulnerable. It's scary. It's a risk and it's something that's different. But when we start to have experiences of tuning, um, tuning into what's happening for us and sharing a clear message, getting out of the perception that we're tuned in and actually accepting the reality that all of the words and all of the chaos and all of the stuff distracts us from what's really happening deep down. And we can start to tune into that and share it. It really starts to shift the game. Yeah. I want to, I want to kind of move to our connect point. Yeah. And I know we've got a little bit of time left, but, but as you, if you're a withdrawer and you're saying, Hey, I want to try to, I, I, I do like first, let's start with that. I do like my partner. I do want to <laughs> be in this relationship and, and, and maybe I'm going to try to understand their world, right? I want you to try to take a little bit of time and just imagine what it's like to be always kind of like pushing and striving and kind of feeling like mm. you can't show that you're, you're so much. So you kind of try to hide some of that, yeah. right? But then you've also got to be the one to push the relationship forward, right? And then everywhere you turn, you kind of get these messages from the world and from your partner that says you are too much, that, that you're not valued, that you're not loved the way you are, that you're not taken care of, that you're not seen, and so then you try to ask a little bit for that need to be met or to be seen or to be valued. But then if you do that, then you're met with, oh my gosh, don't you see me, right? Nobody ever really sees. And, and this is the message that I think with our pursuers need to hear that, that they are seen. But the message that they continually get is that if, if to be seen would mean that you're too much. Yeah. The only way I know to be seen actually sends this message to me that says I'm too much. And it, puts the withdrawer off. It puts my partner off. So if you're a withdrawer out there, I want you to think about just trying to find a way to, to get in tune with what it's like for your pursuing partner to be trying so hard and yet never really getting seen. Nothing gets my heart bump, pumping faster than to listen to my husband share his empathy towards a pursuer. Oh, it just makes me love him so much. Aww, it's fantastic. I appreciate that. Um, but he's right. The the connect point specifically for this is it's a two-part, one for the pursuer, one for the withdrawer. So if you've identified yourself as the pursuer, then the connect point is to say to your partner, I want to consider what it looks like from the outside. Because I think I know my perception is what it looks like from the inside, but I'm starting to realize that you might see something different. 
And then exactly what Chad just said for the withdrawer, the withdrawer connect point is, I want to start to understand that while I see something on the outside, there's something very different happening on the inside. And to start to try to have a conversation about the difference between our perception and what's really happening. Every time you see that energy, I can guarantee that your pursuing partner is in a bad place internally. Yeah. And if we can find ways to get into that space, whether it's the pursuer finding ways to open it up or whether it's the withdrawers finding ways to engage and show empathy and love in those places, either one, because because it really is both of our jobs to find ways to connect as a couple. It is both of our jobs to kind of show up for each other. So That's our episode on pursuers. Yeah. Tune in next week when we talk about the point of view and perspective of the withdrawer. Thanks so much.